making sense of education by holistic think tank. Education for Peace is a program for systematic and long-term development of social-emotional competences and the spirit of democratic citizenship. The Peaceful School program was established in 1999 in Utrecht in the Netherlands. Based on Janusz Korczak's education philosophy, the program is constantly being improved and currently operates in about one of every six primary schools in the Netherlands. Today we are joined by Denis de Vries, Director of Peaceful Education Foundation from Ultrach, to learn more about peaceful schools and their program. Hi, Denis. Hi, hello. What was the reason for establishing the first peaceful school in 1999? Well, at that moment, uh, and of course it's a, it's a long time ago, but uh, it was in the city of Utrecht and there was something wrong with the way uh, uh, children behaved at the schools. So there were a lot of conflicts with children with towards each other. Uh, but also uh, in the role of the teacher. So it was very difficult to teach uh, with all those classes, with all those children who had conflicts. And there was a big focus on the individual. And of course, that can be a good thing. Uh, you can be who you want to be and you can do what you want to do. But uh, if, you, if you grew up in a democratic society, there's more than just the individual. So it's very important that we teach children also that there is a, a common good, for example, and not only just the focus on the individual. So that was really the reason why we started with the program. I read in your program that besides training and conflict resolution skills, you encourage your students to learn to live each other in a positive way by setting high standards of behavior toward each other. By increasing the responsibility of the students for their class and the school, you build a real community. That is your goal. How is, is it possible to achieve it? Well, uh, it is very difficult, I have to say. Uh, and um, uh, well, we do it in a in a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is when a school wants to be a peaceable school, there's an implementation period of two, two years. And within those two years, there are a lot of training sessions with the teachers. There are visits, visits in the classroom, a lot of coaching for the teachers, because uh, our vision is that it starts with the teacher. So if, for example, if you want to uh, teach uh, children how democracy works and how to be responsible not only for yourself but also for the classroom then you have to show it for yourself as a teacher. If you want to teach children how to resolve conflicts in a peaceful way you have to start uh, to, to do it for yourself when you have a conflict with a parent for example or with a colleague. So it starts with the role of the teacher so if a school wants to start with a program it is a two-year uh, implementation uh, so that's one thing and the other thing is that students, they have weekly lessons. Uh, so they have weekly peaceable school lessons. And within those lessons, we teach them skills, uh, citizenship skills. So, And the third thing is we see the school as a democratic practice place. So we really try to build on the school as a de democratic practice place. So, for example, there are uh, classroom committees, uh, there are uh, school-wide committees, uh, we have mediators, so children who can solve conflicts in a peaceable way. So ch children, they have a big role in, in, in their school. Apart from conflict resolution and social-emotional intelligence, the Peaceable School makes use of an interactive method of teaching. So what kind of methods does this involve? I mean the interactive method of teaching. Well, we think that if, if you want to learn children, you have to interact with each other. So if, if you look at the way we teach at, the, at, at a Peaceable School, uh, 
there's a lot of interaction and not only with the teacher and the children, but mostly with children to our, in, in their own group. And we do that with all kind of working forms, uh, cooper cooperative working forms uh, with uh, two children with each other or within small groups. Uh, and uh, the more interaction, the better. And sometimes that can be also difficult because you have a, a big class like 20 or 30 children and there's a lot of noise and they are interacting towards each other. So it can be uh, exciting too. This program teaches students and uh, teachers and parents skills for resolving conflicts other than by violence. Is it possible to do this during all classes? For example, during math lessons, can mathematics teach conflict resolution? Well, uh, we think in our vision that uh, the peaceable school, it's not, it's not that one hour in a week. When they, when they have that peaceable school lesson where we can teach them skills, you know, because all those skills, you have to use them in your whole life. So uh, if you want to be a peaceable school, it's not only in that in, the, in just one hour in the week. It, it is the whole, through the whole week. So indeed, also with mathematics, for example, or with gymnastics or with history, and uh, the teacher plays a big role in it. So for example, there has to be a, a, a positive climate where where we can see children, where they have a voice. And also, if there is a conflict, they know how to solve it in a peaceable way. So, uh, and of course, with mathematics, there can be conflicts also if it comes to cooperation between uh, two students, for example. Uh, but with, with uh, gymnastics, for example, there can also be a conflict if it comes to uh, who is in which team, for example. And so conflict resolution plays a big part in, in the peaceable school, but I would also say that it plays a big part in a democratic society. I think that one of the pillars in a democratic society is how to solve conflicts in a peaceable way. You said that peaceful schools put big attention on peer mediation. How do students practice uh, mediation in school? What are the difficulties of an activity. The peaceful school is also around a, a social norm. So one of the social norms in the school is if there is a conflict, you can you can solve it for yourself. You don't you don't need a teacher. You can do it for yourself. Uh, but we have to teach children how to do that. So there is a whole uh, they when they go to school here in the Netherlands, they are like four years old. Uh, so then they can they they start with the peaceable school program. And there's also actually a program for the preschool. Then, then the children are like two and a half years old. Uh, and in their whole school career, so uh, there, there's a program till 18 years old, uh, they, they have weekly lessons and we teach them the skills how to solve a conflict uh, for yourself. So in your own way, and uh, there are some steps you have to take. And it, also, it is also about attitude that you ha that you have the will to solve it and if it doesn't work then you, you you can you can search for help for a peer mediator so uh it is in those weekly lessons but also uh with help of those peer medi mediators and the peer mediators those are the oldest students in the school and they uh, they have a separate training to be a peer mediator so not not every student can can be a peer mediator. It, it is really the students, they, are, they, they have to be selected to be a peer mediator and they, they have uh, extra training sessions. At what age uh, you can be a peer mediator? Well, it, it, it depends a bit, but uh, here, the most primary schools, it is like uh, 10, 11 years or so. Oh, it's quite early, let's say. Yeah, it's quite early, but we believe we, we, we have high expectations if it comes to behavior of children. And 
uh, we can see also that we can see that it works. So yeah, children from 10, 11, or maybe 12 years old, they can be a very good peer educator. And it's, it is also very effective because children, they, they like to listen towards each other and they like to work with each other. And sometimes it's even better than, uh, than that a teacher uh, can solve a problem. I think they can do it better with themselves and, and, and to think about a solution for themselves. What kind of social-emotional competences can be developed in a peaceful school and how? Well, a lot. But, uh, well, for example, um, um, how, to, how to give uh, students a voice and how to uh, have an opinion. And, and if you have an opinion... How can you have some arguments uh, to, 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 make, to make your opinion a bit, bit better? But also how to listen towards an opinion of someone who disagrees with you, for example. Or uh, how, to, how to solve a conflict and do that in a peaceful way. So you have to, to know what the other person is feeling, for, for example. So there's also a language part in it. So with all kinds of different feelings that you can express yourself and know and express what your feeling is, but also uh, how to cope with diversity because we live in a in a very diverse society with a lot of div- a lot of diversity in people, in beliefs, in religion, in in opinions. So you also have to learn how to cope with 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 all these kinds of diversity issues. So uh, we also teach children how to do that in, a, in the right way. Peace building has become a pressing issue in education in general. It's not easy to indicate why criminality, vandalism, rudeness, cross-border behavior, etc. is on the increase as a general social phenomenon. In recent literature on security and violence, several causes come to the fore. Some general conclusions from these various sources are increased individualization in our society, both parents earning loss of family functions, loss of trusted education environment, neighborhood, relatives, church, youth clubs, increased youth autonomy, arrival of new migrants, increasing mobility and the breaking up of family structures. Uh, Through the disappearance of many of the trusted environments where children and young people were supervised, the responsibility for bringing up children is greater for parents and schools than it used to be. Strong individualization and increased autonomy of young people also have their disadvantages. As teachers and educators, how do you respond to violence and criminality? Well, that's, uh, I think, a big question. Uh, and indeed, like you said, uh, uh, that's really a societal issue. So it's not, it's, of course, it's also our responsibility. But uh, you already mentioned these kind of processes in society. It's so big. So, um, um, yes, of course, you have, a, you have, you've got to have a vision on it. So if I, if I talk about the peaceful school, for example, it is a whole school approach with a pedagogical vision how to do that in the right way. And it also, there are some really strong school standards, as I would say. So, for example, if it comes to violence, uh, because uh, indeed where we started in the city of Utrecht, there was a lot of violence in the neighborhood. And uh, the Peaceable School is really about a strong social norm in the school. So how to work on that strong social norm in the school with parents, with teachers, with the children. And one of those norms is we don't use violence, period. That, that's it. So if, if children do use violence, well, well, of course, they know how to solve a conflict because we teach them how to do it without using violence. So, of course, the first thing is you got to have the skills to do it in the right way. The second thing is 
you got to have the attitude so that you want to solve a conflict without using violence. And to enhance those attitude, that attitude, you, you got to work together with parents, with teachers. So if teachers don't uh, strongly advise to do that in the right way, or if they don't give the, the good example for themselves, then children, they, they will also will not give the good example. So uh, we have to teach them skills. They got to have the, the right attitude. And if they do that in the right way, and there's a real strict norm in the school, then they won't use violence. And of course, if they do, of course, then then there is a reaction towards that. And 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 because violence is, is not approved in a peaceable school. So it's really a strict norm. Uh, but of course, in the wire society, sometimes there is a different norm. If you look at, for example, the neighborhood or... Uh, for example, the family they live in, when the parents say, oh, but for us, it's allowed to use violence, or when they use violence against you, for us, it's allowed to 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 do that towards the other one, then it becomes difficult because then the children, they, they come into some kind of a loyalty conflict between school and the parents. So it's very important in our vision, not only to, 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 to have a school-wide vision or norm, but also to work together with the neighborhood. So yes, you've got to involve parents in it, but also work together with youth workers, for example, or the, 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 the local police officer, a community police, the local municipality, and we do that here in the in the Netherlands by using the program, the Peaceable Neighborhood. So we 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 start we start at a peaceable school, but we also work together in in the whole neighborhood with with the same vision, and we call that the Peaceable Neighborhood. Uh, what do you do if in one class there are several children who use violence against other children? Well, if if you are a good peaceable school, I think the the chance is if it's very small that, that a group of children will use violence towards other children. But um, if, if, it, if it would happen... Not at school, for example. They, they are living together in several, for example... In the neighborhood. Yeah, neighborhood and so on. Okay, yes, that can happen, of course. Uh, if it is a really tough neighborhood, uh, well, we see the school as a community. So uh, in our vision, you, you have to uh, uh, use the community also if there is a conflict. So... Uh, if there is a group of children and they have a conflict in the in the neighborhood and they use violence towards other children, for example, then we we just we arrange a meeting and we come together and we we try to solve the conflict by mediation because all those children they know how to solve a conflict they know what mediation is there are school mediators there are neighborhood mediators sometimes there are, are also parent mediators so the whole of the community is involved in mediation and how to do it in the right way and of course sometimes you can you can make a mistake or you can make eh, there's something wrong but we are community because the tomorrow we will see each other again if we live in the same street for example so we have to do it together so uh, for example if it are two groups of children uh, and sometimes uh, there there are also two different schools involved we, we make contact with each other. So the principals, the school leaders, they will make contact with each other. We will organize a meeting with the parents if it, if it is necessary or with the children. And we try to use mediation by way to solve it and solve that, that kind of conflicts. If I understand correctly, peaceful schools are established in communities affected by high level of violence. Is this program also suitable for regular schools situated in non-conflict areas? 
Yes, this is a well here in the Netherlands. There are at the moment 1200 peaceable schools uh, and it, it is through the whole of the Netherlands. And of course, it started in the neighborhood when there was a, when there were problems with violence or uh, behavior of children. But uh, now we work with the program for more than 22 years and it's really involved, uh, evolved in that time. So it is now a school wide program. It's really around uh, democratic citizenship. And I would say that in every neighborhood or in every town or in every city, uh, city here in the Netherlands, not only in the Netherlands, I would say, I would say, I think everywhere, there's a need to work on democratic citizenship. And of course, the, 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 the problems can, can be different. For example, the problems in a big city, they can be different if you compare it to the problems uh, of a small town, for example. Uh, but in both uh, situations, there's a need for democratic citizenship because, and that's our vision, uh, democracy is not something that is um, is given. Democracy is something that you have to work upon and you have to educate children how to live in a democracy and what does it takes to build a democracy and what does it takes for to, to teach your children that kind of skills. So I think it's necessary everywhere and if you if you would look at, at at all kinds of situations nowadays in Europe, of course, uh, but also in the world, that you can see that democracy it's not it's 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 difficult democracy. If you look at tensions in society, if you look at conflicts towards different nations or people just who will polarize within a within a society, also with COVID, for example. So there are a lot of reasons that that we have to think about how do we educate our children to be a democratic society in a peaceful way. How do you understand democratic society, democratic citizenship, the keystone of your program? Well, there are some pillars that we, we, we that, that are uh, beneath the program. Uh, the first thing we, we, we are... Of course, we believe that a democratic society is not, not a given thing or something. So it is constantly evolving. Uh, and we also think that children they they are already a democratic citizen so we have to take them seriously and but 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 within their own context so for example the school the neighborhood uh, their sport club um the 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 the, the, the streets where they play and if you look at the peaceable program we have some pillars in the program and the first thing is how to work uh within a positive social climate so the first thing uh, what is needed in, in a society is that children, they feel that they are needed. So uh, that, that, they, that we can see our children, that they feel bonded towards each other. So that's the first thing. And as, a, as an educator, you play a big role in it. How do you see all those children? Do you know them by name? Do you know their parents? How do you work on that kind of bonding processes and if you do that the right way then you come to the second pillar and that's conflict media conflict resolution or mediation so when there is a conflict then there's a strict norm in how to do that and how to use mediation and we train children we we, we train parents we train teachers etc then we come to the third pillar and that's how to make children responsible uh and not only children but also uh teachers parents etc uh, how to make them responsible not only for their own um, behavior, but also for, well, uh, the school or our class or our neighborhood. So we think really about 
the common goods or the common ground, how to make children responsible for the common goods, for example. And we do that by using school committees or neighborhood committees when they have, and in those committees, children, they have a voice, uh, they work on an action to improve, improve their school or improve their neighborhood, for example. And then the fourth pillar is how to cope with diversity. As I mentioned before, we live in a very diverse society and it's not a given thing that we are positive towards that diversity. So we have to work on that and we have to talk about uh, attitude, but we also have to philosophize with children or talk with them or do some working forms with them to 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 educate them and how to do that right way and, and 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 what is your vision and what is the vision of someone who believes another thing so those four pillars is is ex actually our, our vision on a democratic society and with that said um there are as i mentioned before a democratic society is not a given thing or uh, it it can it can change, uh, it can evolve. So I think the, the Peaceable School Program or the Peaceable Neighborhood Program, it is it has to evolve also because nowadays society is totally different than, like I say, 22 years ago. So also, if you work with those kind of programs, you really have to look to society and you have to yeah, evolve the program also. How long does it take for positive changes to take place as a result of your program so that students feel part of their community and behave responsibly? Well, it, it, it differs. Um, um, sometimes it can be, it, it differs on the, the context is very diverse. So uh, the implementation is, is in two years. And for some schools in that two years, uh, there can be really a big difference if you if you start to work, for example, with school mediators or with a school committee, and where children they 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 know that they can change their environment or they they know they have a role in the classroom. So um, sometimes after two years, there there can already be a very big change. But sometimes it takes longer because uh, if you look at the program, it is really a program that we, we try to build on identity with young people. And uh, if you want to work on identity, it's, it, it is, you cannot change it with a, within a small project or within a lesson because you are constantly building on identity with young people. So um, sometimes... Um, um, for example, it can be very different, difficult if you start with a peaceable school with older children, because if they are, for example, in the seventh or eighth grade here in the Netherlands, then they are like 11, 12 years old, then they already had some education. And if they are not used about that common with that common language or the peaceable school method, it is very difficult to change their attitude towards it. So the most easy part is when you start with young children, when they start with school, when they are four years old or something, and then they grow up. And when they leave the primary school at 11, 12 years, yeah, then you can see a very big change in behavior and in attitude. And we did a lot. We did a lot of research, uh, of course, with with the University of Utrecht uh, about the program, the Peaceable School. And with that research, we see a lot of differences between peaceable schools and schools who don't work with the program. And it is really in attitude, but also in citizenship skills and the, the will to solve conflicts in a peaceful way. So um, my answer would be two-sided. So yes, sometimes you can have a very uh, fast result, uh, um, 
but sometimes it is more difficult and then you can see a result with the younger children but it takes a bit longer to also have that result with other children uh, i read in the manual the peaceable school written by leo Paul and jakob von sonderen that you got your inspiration for your peaceable schools from the u.s we know that Poland has been inspired by your example uh, to open their own schools. What other countries has uh, the Peace School program reached? Well, there are indeed some schools in Poland. Uh, uh, they called it, I think, School of Dialogue. And uh, uh, I also know <laughs> that there is also a peaceable school in Japan, uh, of all places. Uh, but but And there's also a peaceable school in Belgium. But those kind, it, it is... The mo most peaceful schools are in the Netherlands, and um, the whole program, of course, is written in, in Dutch. So, um, for example, in Poland, they made a translation in Polish, so that for, for the teachers in Poland, it is more easy to, to have it in your own native language. So, if you want to take the program to other countries, I think it is also necessary to facilitate those teachers and to, uh, uh, to have that program in their own language. So, that would be I think a good thing and another good thing is also um, because the implementation in a school is is two years so you you you've got to find some experienced trainers to to have that implementation with all those teachers to work on that local school culture so I think it's also a challenge to find local peaceable school trainers in in in, in for example Poland or Belgium or well any other country let us recall that the program is constantly being improved and currently operates in, in about one of every six primary schools throughout the Netherlands. What are the future perspectives for peaceable education? Well, uh, as I mentioned before, I think it's it's very good to look at the broader context. So uh, children, they are not only educated at schools, but also in the neighborhood or with within their families or with the youth workers. So uh, I think it's good to look at that, that context and also to involve uh, all those uh, uh, different areas in educating our children. So I think it is necessary to also have more peaceable neighborhoods in the Netherlands and also, that, that program is growing. So there are peaceable neighborhoods, for example, in the big cities like Amsterdam, Utrecht, Den Haag, in the north of, of the Netherlands, in the south. But I think uh, that's, uh, that's a thing that we can do more in the Netherlands. And the second thing for me would be also uh, the peaceable school. It started in primary education. And if you look at the Dutch educational system, we have primary education and they leave primary education when they are like uh, 12 years old. And then they go to secondary education. And uh, there are, well, there are some peaceable schools in secondary education. But uh, I think um, there are very little peaceable schools in secondary education. So I think a big challenge here in the Netherlands would, would be to, to uh, evolve the peaceable school program so that it fits in secondary education. Because, uh, of course, the schools are different, uh, bigger schools with more teachers and also focused on, uh, uh, on, for example, mathematics or history. So their own thing. And in primary school, you children, they do just have one teacher, for example. Uh, so we really have to think about how to um, make a better program for secondary education and also involve, of course, the neighborhood. There are a lot of peaceable neighborhoods at the moment. And in those peaceable neighborhoods, we try to work together with youth workers, with parents, with uh, sports teachers, for example, from sports clubs to work with uh 
we see the neighborhood also like a school. So we see the school as a democratic practice place, but also the neighborhood as a democratic practice place. And we try to speak uh, the same, well, like I say, the peaceable language, but also we try to make a transfer towards from the, the, the skills that, that, that we learn the children at the school towards the neighborhood. So, for example, if you teach children how to resolve, how to solve conflicts in a peaceful way in the, in the school, you can also make a transfer to the neighborhood when there is a conflict. And if you can teach children how to be responsible for your classroom or uh, for the school, if you look at a children committee, we can also work in the neighborhood with all the schools together to form a children neighborhood committee where, where they, uh, they work on a neighborhood manifesto and work on uh, uh, an action to improve their own neighborhood. So we, we really see the neighborhood and also the role of the youth workers as, as educators uh, uh, to, to strengthen democracy. Do you have uh, some governmental support? Um, yeah, yeah, a bit, because one of the ways we, Im we, we if we, we work on implementation in the peaceable neighborhood, we, we always uh, involve not only the youth workers and all those other participants, but also the local municipality. So it is really important to involve the local municipality because they play a role in sustaining that, that, that vision or in sustaining the peaceable neighborhood. For example, there are a lot of different organizations working in the neighborhood. And sometimes all those different organizations, they work uh, from their own pedagogical vision or their own assignment. And the, the local municipality can play a role in uh, in, in strengthening um, the same pedagogical vision. Yeah? The, 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 like I said, the peaceable neighborhood vision. And they can play a role in, in uh, if a youth worker wants to work in that neighborhood or an organization, they can play a role in, in, in facilitating that youth worker or that local police officer to work together not only with their own colleagues, but also with the different stakeholders in the local uh, neighborhood, for example. So yes, local government or municipality, they play a big role. How it happened, for example, some, if some school decided to be a peaceable school, they come to you or how, how, it, how it works? Uh, well, here in the Netherlands, we have a very big organization that, 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 and that organization, they, they have a lot of peaceable school trainers. And yes, I'm a peaceable school trainer also. So yeah, indeed, if they want to be a peaceable school, they have to search for a peaceable school trainer here in the Netherlands. And um, what, what is really helpful is that uh, we have um, um, we have from the from the national government we have um, um, how can I say uh, a law uh, with, so all the schools they are uh, they have to have a vision if it comes to democratic citizenship so uh, you cannot say oh it's not important for us no you are uh, explicit to have a vision if it comes to democratic citizenship so if they are searching for a program then they can use the peaceable school program and then they search for a peaceable school trainer in the Netherlands and they can impl implement that program in the school. Thank you very much indeed for sharing your thoughts with us. We have been talking with Denise de Vries, director of uh, Friedsam Foundation from Holland, about education for peace and peaceable schools. Great, thank you.